Welcome to the Dark Side of the Full Moon podcast. I'm Jennifer Silliman, and this show is continuing the conversations started in the award-winning first-ever documentary film about maternal mental health. My journey as an advocate began through the power of storytelling. With this podcast, I hope to create a community of women and professionals sharing their own powerful narratives to let others know they're not alone and help is out there. Keep in mind that some of the stories you will hear may be triggering, but it's important they be told. This podcast is not a replacement for professional help from a licensed medical provider. If you or someone you know is suffering due to a maternal mental health condition, please contact your medical provider or call or text message the Postpartum Support International Helpline at 1-800-944-4773. Now let's continue the conversation. Hi there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Dark Side of the Full Moon podcast. I'm with my friend here today, Samantha Dowd, who's going to share her own story and talk about how that led into the work that she does today. So welcome, Samantha. Thank you, Jen. I'm really excited to be here. So let's just start with our with your own personal story. We're trying to gather as many of those as possible because everyone's story, while there's common threads, are also very unique. So mm-hmm. we always try to connect our moms to a story that they can relate to. So, yep. so go ahead. So my story, I'm a two-time survivor of postpartum anxiety, um, which occurred for me for the first time eight years ago after the birth of my son, my firstborn. And I didn't know at that time that postpartum anxiety even existed. So I was your true type A, worked through the pregnancy, went back. Um, I did have a fairly traumatic birth, which I now know can be a precursor for some of this. Um, But I had an emergency C-section, and I still pushed myself to get back to work after eight weeks. Um, Working, pumping, my son was in daycare. And I could tell when I went back to work that something was off, but I just figured I was just trying to adjust. Um, And the turning point for us was when my son um, had just turned five months old, he developed a really bad cold and stopped breathing in my arms one night. And so we had to call, we had the pediatrician on and we were rushed to the emergency room Um, His pulse ox were in the 70s, which is really low. Um, And I, you know, he was diagnosed with a severe form of pneumonia. We went home on the nebulizer and um, all of that. And I had my first panic attack the next day. So I was up all night. And then I still got up and went to work the next day. Um, And then I had my first panic attack. I didn't know what it was at the time. But I remember just feeling like the world was closing in. um, And then it suddenly went away. And I was like, okay, that's weird. Um, And then I just didn't even think about it. I just kept pushing on. Um, I started having them more and more frequently. My sleep started to get disrupted. um, Yet I then started to get a thought in my head of, well, I can't tell anyone because they're going to think that I'm crazy and they're going to take my baby away. that went on for about five or six weeks. I was getting six to seven panic attacks a day. Um, And those who now know my story, who I worked with and my family will say they had no idea what was going on with me. It was all on the inside. And I was just, again, trying to push forward. 
over the holidays that year, um, I ended up in four different, or, or, excuse me, urgent care four times and the emergency room six times in a seven day period convinced I was dying. Wow. And I got, I got um, discharged each time um, with just a medication. And it was this, not one person thought to ask like, oh, she has a new baby or, oh, is she sleeping well? Or, oh, it was, it was just, let's deal with the physical symptoms and we'll get her out. And um, it was New Year's Eve of 2012 going into 2013. So um, that I was back in the emergency room convinced I was dying because of, um, I, at that time, I thought I was having a stroke. I was shaking and I couldn't stop shaking. And um, the doctor came in and she took one look at me and she held my shoulders and she said to me, you have postpartum anxiety. I know because I had it. Um, and she said, I have three children. We're going to sit on this bed. We're going to talk. And I promise you, you're going to be okay. And it was the oddest sensation because as soon as she said that, it was like this relief just flooded through my body. I still felt, you know, on edge and really panicky. And for the first time, I started to feel like, oh, this is what this is, this is right? So such um, a relief. Yes. And, you know, I got, I got sent home with a follow-up plan. I went to my OB 24 hours later. My OB was very supportive. She connected me um, with some local therapists. Um, I, did, I was fortunate in that I didn't have a long wait list to get into a therapist. Um, and then I did have a medication analysis and they, they decided to put me on medication. Um, and it was from there, Jen, like it was a hard road. I still struggled with panic attacks. I'm one of the fortunate ones in that the first medication they started with me, it, it seemed to work. Um, but I did not start to feel like myself again until about four or five months after that episode. Um, and then I made a promise to myself that I didn't want another mom to have to feel the way that I felt. Um, at that time, even though eight years ago doesn't seem like that long ago, I know you and I have chatted about this, there still wasn't much out there. Like we have really come a long way in the last mm -hmm. eight years. I live in Baltimore where um, we are a medication capital, a lot of people feel with all the hospitals that we have here and there were no support groups for um, women at this time. I found all of my support virtually at that time. There were very few providers that treated women with this disorder. Um, and so for the last eight years, I really decided that I wanted to make other women not feel so alone. I did have a miscarriage about a year and a half later. Um, I knew what to look for and I had a very supportive system. And then I did go on to have my rainbow baby and my daughter is six. And I tell everyone I had postpartum anxiety with her as well. However, it was not nearly as severe. I knew what to ask for. I knew I was going to go on medication. I was back in therapy. I had my support team and it was just so much better that time around. And I tell people, I feel like that experience was almost healing for what I went through the first time. So that's a little bit about just my story from a postpartum perspective. I still get panic attacks sometimes. They don't scare me anymore. I know, I know what they are. I know that I'm, I'm not alone. Um, I know the statistics now that one in five women will struggle post-birth. Um, that number they actually think is closer to one in every two women, but it's just one in every five women who report it. 
And I'm proud to say that after a 20 plus year career as a nonprofit executive, I'm now a maternal mental health specialist and I went into the therapy world. So I went back to school, I got a degree, I got certified, and now I spend my days working with other moms, giving them hope. Oh, I love that. I, I very often always tell um, or always think and say, you know, that I don't know anyone really, I don't think in this field that doesn't have their own personal connection to it. It's such a powerful, life changing thing that happens that we feel so almost like it's our responsibility that no mm -hmm. other mom go through this because it's yep. so horrible. I mean, yes. it's just a horrible situation to be in when it's supposed to be the happiest time. It's supposed to be the happiest time. Yep. Right. And it's just such the opposite than that. So, so I'm curious to know, you know, how many women do you see? What's your practice sure. like now? Go ahead. Um, so, uh, a disclaimer, we're in a COVID world, so I'm not as full <laughs> as I would like to be because I am, um, I am juggling an eight-year-old and a six-year-old, but um, I do, I am fortunate enough, I work in a private practice in Maryland. Um, my specialty is female maternal mental health, so I only see um, women on my caseload. I have a caseload of about um, 24 clients right now, and I see anywhere between about 15 to 18 of them on a weekly basis. Um, Ideally, post-COVID, I'd like to grow that to about 20 or 25, um, 20 or 25 a week. And then I also do volunteer with Postpartum Support International. So I shared I did have a miscarriage between um, my two, between my two. And so I run a support group on Fridays for moms who've suffered infertility or miscarriage through Postpartum Support International. So I do like giving back in that way, um, in that way as well. Do you find those support groups get pretty full? I mean, are they? Yeah, they, they yeah. would, they are, they are full. They are completely free. And I have anywhere yeah. between, I would say 12 to 20 um, wow. women who come and I switch on and off with another therapist. She doesn't live in Maryland. She lives um, elsewhere. It's every, so I'm every other Friday. Um, and we consistently have between 12 and 20 women that come each time. Oh. And what strikes me every time, Jen, is that they're from literally all over the world. So um, I ran one just before, um, just before jumping on this podcast, and I had people from um, four different countries who were in there. Wow. So. How wonderful that it's reaching mm -hmm. that many people. And, and that's, in, you know, in this COVID world, I yes. mean, while it's been just a horrible situation, you know, you know, accessibility to support groups and physicians, even through telehealth and things like that, while they were always there, I think people were really hesitant and not forced mm -hmm. to have to do that. So they didn't. But now in this world where you, you have, sometimes you don't have a choice and yes. to find that it's still very much effective. Um, it can, it can be just as impactful as sitting in yes. front of somebody, especially for support groups and things like that. It's so perfect for moms who maybe who have anxiety and like, like I had too, and couldn't get in a car and drive yes. anywhere for a support group. It was just, it, it was, was just too, too overwhelming. overwhelming. Yep. Right. So that, that's wonderful. And for our listeners out there, we are going to put all the information to Postpartum Support International in the mm -hmm. podcast notes so you guys can link to those and, and certainly pass those resources on to anyone that you think might be suffering. A support group's a really great place to start. Yes. Um, 
you know, before maybe you go see, a, you know, a therapist and get on medication and all of those things. It's very healing to know that you're not alone. And when that you start hearing alone, those exactly. other stories, mm-hmm. and it, it was, it's so interesting to me that um, when you said that what that nurse said to you, mm-hmm. I love that you said she put her hands on my shoulders because mm-hmm. I just had. Um, we just did a screening of Dark Side of the Full Moon, the documentary, yesterday mm-hmm. uh, via Zoom. And uh, I always get the question, you know, how do you approach somebody who you think might be suffering? And I always tell them it's way more than just asking, how are you? Yeah. You need to touch them. You yes. need to grab and their, into their eyes and look into yeah. their eyes and they will just tell you and it will make them feel so much better um, and safer, you know, to tell somebody. So it's just, that's such an important piece of information. Mm-hmm. I love that. It is. Love that so much. Um, are you doing a climb? I, we, I am going to take part in the climb in Baltimore. Yes. Wonderful. So, yes. Um, a group of us actually, a good friend of mine, we had the first climb in Baltimore. Um, eight years ago and um we're still very good friends and so we yeah we are going to get out and walk together awesome i love that and for information on the climb i will post that as well that's also on the postpartum support international website such a great resource awesome well samantha thank you so much for sharing your story with us and and how it's led and you know for anyone listening if i can impart um two things one mood disorders or mental mental health in general doesn't discriminate so doesn't this can happen to anyone um and the biggest thing that i hope people can take away is that you truly are not alone and the more that we can just share our experiences i think jen i don't know about you but that's been one of the biggest things that i've learned about this the more open that i am about it the more me too's i suddenly get like the oh yeah, I struggled or I went through this. And so, um, you know, you, you really aren't alone and that there is help available and that there is hope. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Share, 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 share your stories. Um, Maternal Mental Health Week is coming up. This is going to, yeah. So lots of opportunity there to, to share your story if you want to. And it's not only healing for others that hear it, but it's so healing for the person that's sharing. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. That was a very, very pivotal moment when I remember, I remember very distinctly sharing my story for the first time and um, it's super healing and, and it, and it, and it healed somebody else immediately. The person that I told, Hold. So, I mean, it just has that effect and it's, it's yeah. certainly worth it. Absolutely. Awesome. All right, girl. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank I appreciate you. it so much.